0: Psalm 145, verse number 1. A psalm of David. David says, I will extol Thee, my God, O King, and I will bless Thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless Thee, and I will praise Thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. I want to preach a message that the Lord has so convicted me over. And the title of the message is this, I will. I will. My prayer is before we leave out from under this tent this morning that someone will say this within themselves. Lord, I will. I will. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You so much for Your goodness in our lives. We thank You, Lord, for the gospel tent. We thank You for the testimony of a dear sister that got saved in a tent meeting. We pray, God, that others today, tonight, in the coming week, that there will be others that will accept You as Savior and Lord. But we pray, Lord, that You will stir in our hearts. Do a work in us, God, that only You can do. Because there is a reason that You want this message preached. And I pray that that reason will be made very clear and obvious. And we'll thank You for all that You do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. Thank you so much. just got a couple of thoughts that I want to share. Before we leave this morning, I want you to notice in Psalm 145 as David is writing and singing this song, this psalm, it is a personal praise. It is a personal praise. I want you to notice in verse number 1 where he says, my God. I want you to notice also in verse number 1 where he says, I will extol thee. He says, I will bless thy name. In verse number two he says, Will I bless thee? And then he says, I will praise thy name. The I will in this Psalm, he is saying, I will, regardless of anyone else will. I notice here it is a time of personal praise. That word extol here in this verse means to raise and it means to praise. It means to bring up. It means to exalt. It means to set up on high. What David is saying in this psalm is this, is I will bless the Lord. I will praise His name. I will set Him up on high. I will do it whether anyone else is going to do it or not. Because what he says here is this praise that I am given is personal. I'm going to praise the Lord whether you praise Him or not. I'm going to lift up His name whether you lift up His name or not. I'm going to speak of the good things of God whether you speak of the good things of God or not. You know why? Because David realized that the Lord had been good to him. Amen? So we see here His personal praise. Not only does He say that I will extol Him, He says I will bless His name. That word to bless means to desire That he may be known. That word bless means a desire that the Lord would be loved. That word bless means a desire that the Lord would be honored. Not just by him, but he desires that the Lord would be honored by all people. Not just a handful of people. Not just a couple of people but his desire is the Lord's name would be blessed, and the Lord's name would be honored among all people. Amen? Amen. So we see the psalm of David. And I'll say to you, it it is a personal praise. We see also that he says, Our God, my God, O King, bless Thy name. And then it says this, Forever and ever I will bless His name. That means from the beginning of the world, Through all of eternity, David says, I'm going to bless the name of the Lord. But it gives the idea of this when you study it. David is saying that I will bless Him forever and forever. I have said this, and I'm sure some of you have also. You know what, I'm going to praise the Lord while I'm here. But one day when we get to heaven, we'll be able to praise Him for all of eternity. Amen? Amen. But what David is saying here in these words, that he would praise Him forever and ever, he is saying this, giving God glory and giving God praise and giving Him, extolling His name, he is saying that even eternity is going to be way too short for the time that I need to be praising the Lord. Amen? Amen? If you take all of eternity and you begin to think about all the good things that the Lord has done for you, and all the good things that the Lord has done for me, through all of eternity, it's even going to be too short for us to praise Him and to thank Him for all of His goodness in our lives. Amen? Amen. If you're glad you saved this morning, say amen. Amen. If you're glad you saved this morning, say amen. amen. For all of eternity, it's going to be way too short for us to praise Him and to thank Him for all the good things He's done in our lives. I'm standing here fixing to be 56 years old, and I could testify if it was not for the good things of God, I'd have been dead a long time ago. If it was not for the good things of God, I'd have done been in hell years and years ago, crying out for one drop of water on my tongue. But oh, bless His holy name, amen, because of His amazing grace and His goodness in my life, He saved me and He changed me. And I can praise Him through all of eternity that my name is written down in the book of life. And Jesus is my Savior and Lord today. If you should have done been dead and in hell, raise your hand. Do you realize that this morning? God's been good to us, amen? God's been good to us. He said that's why it's a personal praise. It's a personal praise, but don't dishear that. C.H. Spurgeon said, David believed, therefore, that the Lord was unchangeable. And while he was here, he would ever praise Him. But when he got over yonder, he said he'll even praise Him even more. What David claimed is, He is my God. But what David vowed is, I will praise Him for all of eternity. Even Thomas, we would call him in the Bible, Doubting Thomas. Even Thomas said, I will not believe that He's Jesus. I will not believe He's the Messiah until I can stick my hand in the prince of His hands and thrust my hand into His side. And Jesus appeared unto Doubting Thomas. And in John 20 and 28, even Dalton Thomas said, My Lord and my God. Amen. When we see Him for truly who He really is in our lives, we should all be able to praise Him every single day of our lives. So I not only see it was a personal praise, but in verse number 2, notice with me, we see it was a daily praise. I will ask you, You don't have to say out loud. You don't have to say amen. You don't have to raise your hands. But I will ask you, do you have a time of daily prayer? Is there some time in your day that you pray? I hope that there is. I would ask you, do you have a time of daily Bible reading? I would hope that sometime during your day, every day, there would be a time that you would pray, and there would be a time that you would read the Word of God. But then I must ask you this, because it convicted me. Is there a time of daily praise? Is there a time in your life that every day, sometime during that day, you will take whether it be 30 seconds or whether it be 30 minutes or whether it be hours into that day. But I would ask you, as the Lord dealt with me, do we have a time of Daily praise. A time to where we just thank Him for all that He's done in our lives. A time that as I look around in this gospel ten and see all of you folks here, do we thank Him for each and every person that has walked up on this property today. As we leave this tent, as we look up into the sky and we see the blessings from God, Is there a time that every single day that you and I spend that time, sometime during that day, praising Him and thanking Him for the good things in our life? There's a preacher friend of mine that I worked with at Borg Warner. He pastors a church in Haywood County. He sent me a message and said, hey, we're bringing our church over to the tent meeting Sunday night to be with you guys under the gospel tent. This man's name is Pastor Millard Grant. I can remember, and I've told this story before, the machine that I run over to the left, down the aisle, there was a a water fountain there. A water fountain. And I remember as preacher, Millard, would walk by. Sometimes during the day, it would be hot in that plant, and he would come over and he'd turn the water on and he'd let it run for a minute. I'd be standing there, running my machine, and I'd look over at Millard as he, Allowed the water to run for a minute and in my mind i thought well he's gonna let all the bad water run through you know and get to the cold water maybe but every time he would come over there he would do that and i noticed he would have his head down and he would be letting the water run and i finally asked him one day i said miller what are you doing over there when you're getting some water he said brother Keith, he said I don't ever want to take a drink of cold water without first praising my Jesus for giving me the cold water. Amen. And man did that speak to my heart and man did that convict my soul because that preacher realized that everything was good in his life it all come from the Lord. Amen? Amen. And I'm telling you we you and I are guilty of not having daily praise, not thanking him for all the good things in our life. If you've asked the Lord for something in this past week, Raise your hand if in your prayer you have asked Him for something. I've prayed and I've asked the Lord for something this week. I'll ask you this. Have you praised Him? Have you praised Him this week? Have you thanked the Lord for what He is doing in your life? He says in verse number 21, turn there with me, it's the very last verse of Psalm 145. He says, My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord. And then here's His desire. And let all flesh bless His holy name forever and ever. He is saying this, and I find it interesting, it's the last verse of the psalm, not the first verse of the psalm. Because David is saying this, I will bless Him. I will extol His name. I will praise Him for all that He's done. And daily I will bless the Lord. Daily I'm going to thank Him. In the very last verse, he says, I wish all flesh would praise Him. He said, I wish every single person would praise the Lord. But I notice it's the last verse of the psalm. Giving me the thoughts that He's not waiting on you to praise Him before He praises Him. He's not waiting on someone else to get excited before He gets excited. He's not waiting on someone else to say amen before He says amen. Right, Miss Norman. Amen, girl. Yeah. Just this past week, she was up in the hospital. Went up and had prayer with her. Look right here and here she sits on the gospel tent this morning. We ought to at least be able to say, thank you Lord for allowing her to be here today. Amen. God is good. We've got so much to thank Him for. He says, I'll praise Him, but I'm going to praise Him daily. All right. In closing, please hear this. There's several reasons that David says he's going to praise the Lord. The first reason I see is in verse number 3. He says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. He said, There's no doubt one of the reasons that I would praise the Lord, whether you want to or not. It's the title of the message. He says, I will. I will. He said, Because the Lord is great, and the Lord is greatly to be praised. And the Lord's greatness is unsearchable. Are you with me? Yeah. But Then verse number four is our key verse. He says, I will because of the next generation. Yeah. Hear this. Please hear this. I'm going to praise the Lord because of the next generation. You can't act spiritual if you're not spiritual. You can't fake up a praise. You can't act like your cup is overflowing when your cup is empty. That's why it is so important that you and I, every time we enter into a church service, whether it be under the gospel tent or whether it be over here in the sanctuary at Pleasant Hill, every single time that you and I meet together, We need to realize that there's a generation of teenagers and a generation of young people that if God don't do something under this tent, they might not ever get to see God do something. You and I need to realize that if the Lord don't do something in my heart and the Lord don't do something in your heart and the Lord don't get a hold of me and the Lord don't really get a hold of you, then all of this work is all in vain. You and I need to realize that there's a generation of young people who has never been under a gospel tent. There's a generation of young people who has never really felt the power of God fall down in a service. There's a generation of young people who has never heard you testify. Your own children, a lot of you, has never seen a tear fall out of your eye. Some of your own children has never heard you stand up and brag on how good God is. And the shame of it is, Some of our own children has never even seen us get up out of our seats, make our way to an altar, and pray to a thrice holy God. I'm here to tell us this morning, if you don't praise Him, who's going to? If you don't bless His name, who's going to? If you don't start testifying on how good God is in your life, then who is going to? Do you hear the Lord this morning? Do you hear the Lord this morning? Some of our kids, all they've ever seen is is mad. All they've ever seen is you being rude to your wife. All they've ever seen is you being rude to your husband. Some of our kids, all they've ever seen is, is alcohol in your hand and filth coming out of your mouth. Wouldn't it be a blessing if the generation that is coming could somehow experience the power and the presence of a holy God? Wouldn't that be a blessing? Wouldn't it be a blessing if somebody in the next generation, if somebody would speak of the mighty acts of God? Amen. Are you hearing the Lord this morning? Amen. I want to ask you, have you ever been in a service where the Spirit so fell that the old-timers call it and it got out of the banks? Yeah. Come on. Come on. Has anyone ever been in a service where it got so thick, you need to see an eye dog to get out of the tent. Amen. Amen. Have any of you ever been in a service where the presence of God fell so hard Amen. that the only thing that would come to your mind is, I'm going to take my shoes off because this is holy ground. Amen. Has any of you ever been in a service before where people are standing up and shouting and praising God so loud that you couldn't even hear what was going on? You say, Preacher, you trying to get something worked up? No, I didn't come up with the message. This was not the message that I was going to preach. This was the message that God sent us to hear today. Because the Lord wants to do a mighty work under this tent. And the Lord wants to use you. And the Lord wants to use me. And the Lord wants to use us. Amen. And the Lord wants somebody this morning under this tent to say, I will, I will, I will. Because God, you've been good to me. I wonder if there's any I wills here today. I will. Amen. I will. I'll do what you'd have me to do. Some of you this coming week, you might have to spend some extra time in prayer. Some of you this coming week might have to fast and miss a meal. Some of you this coming week might have to cut off the TV and the Internet. Some of you this coming week might have to put your smartphones down so that you can spend more time with Jesus. But I'm telling you, does it matter? Yes, it matters. Does it matter? Yes, it matters. Amen. This generation of young people need to experience the power of God, church. Amen. This is not a youth meeting, this is a church meeting. Amen. But in the church meeting, there's a lot of young people. That needs to experience the power of God. Are you with us? That's what God's wanting to do for us. That's what He's wanting to do. The Lord dealt with me and I wrote this down. No generation has ever been put under such a trust as this generation. We are living in the last days of the last days. Jesus Christ is soon coming back. Anyone in here ever had a son or a daughter that played baseball or softball? Raise your hand. How'd they learn how to play? You remember? You remember, right? You remember, don't you, Brother Scott, when that boy was just a little bitty thing and you got him that glove. didn't even know how to put it on his hand. You had to show him how to put that glove on his hand. I remember I got that ball and I'd, I'd roll it to my son on the ground and he'd bend down to catch it. It'd go right by his glove and go right through his legs. I said, son, if you're going to catch the ball, you've got to move your glove. <laughs> remember that? Yeah. You remember when they would grab a bat and st- I'm left-handed. sit they hold it like this. They'd hold it like this. You'd say, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Your hand's got to be like it. You remember when they'd grab the bat and they'd have one hand down on the knob and they'd have the other hand up here? That don't work. Put your hands together. Put the bat back. Wash them ball. You remember that? You remember when you taught your daughter how to play the piano or your son how to play the bass or the guitar? What I'm getting at, not what I'm getting at, but what the Lord is getting at this morning. Listen, how is these kids going to know what it's like to be under a gospel tent? If mamas and daddies don't show them what it's like to be under a gospel tent, How are they going to know to be faithful to revival. If you don't bring them to revival. How are they going to know to get up in the choir to sing. If you don't say come on we go into the choir to sing. And how are they ever going to ever one time in their life say amen. If they ain't never heard an amen. How is your kids Going to worship the Lord if they ain't never seen you worship the Lord. Huh? How is your young and ever going to look at you and say, Mama, I need to go to the altar if they ain't never seen Mama in the altar? Are you with me? Forgive me. I'm not asking you if you're with me. I'm asking you, are you with the Lord today? Because the Lord's the one to give this message, not me. This thing is serious, child of God. This is as serious as it gets. It's as serious as it gets. How you remember? When you asked Jesus to save your soul, them same tears I see in your eyes right now was the same tears i seen after you got saved because you was burdened for others to get what you got. How are they going to know what we got if we don't tell them what we got? Hey, listen, we got a lady over here with cancer and her husband with cancer. Both of them going through treatments. Did you hear her testimony this morning? Did you hear it? She stood up and said, God's been good to me. God's been good to me. Even when things are going wrong, God has still been good to me. How are we going to know how good God is if somebody don't tell us right in the middle of a hard time how good God is? Oh, Lord, help us today. Help us today, Lord. Help us to realize the seriousness of the hour. Help us to realize the seriousness of the hour. Are you with me? Great is the Lord. Oh, we must be men and women of faith, not foolish men and women. We cannot possess the spiritual... Unless we are spiritual. We cannot praise the God of heaven if we never met the God of heaven. Notice what he says in verse 4. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. That word declare means to make clear. You've got to make it clear. What do we make it clear? That the Lord is good. Amen. That the Lord is good. Preacher Tucker over here The Lord dealt with my heart I got to go to Morris Hill And preach to the football team Friday Preacher Tucker went with me The Lord dealt with me To take his young preachers To go preach to some of these teams Jason and Nolan went And then this past Friday uh, Sean and Tucker went And I said Tucker when we get in here going to be about 100, 100 young men And I'm going to preach And when I get finished preaching him. I want you to pray. How old are you, Tucker? Ten. Tucker gets there in the middle of a bunch of manly men. You ever been in a locker room? <laughs> it don't stink. It's rank. <laughs> and all these young men are in there. Big old boys. Tucker gets up on a table. All of these big old boys gathers around. Ten-year-old Tucker. And Tucker prays. He asked the Lord to help him, and he asked the Lord to bless him, and he asked the Lord to take care of him and keep him safe. And he said, "Amen." And one of them big old football players from way back in the back, I heard him say, "Good job, Tucker! Good job, Tucker!" And every one of those men, as they walked out of that locker room, they would shake my hand. But when they got to him, they said, "Good job, Tucker! Amen. Good job, Tucker!" And the Lord laid it on my heart and I said it to him and his daddy. I said, Tucker, hear your preacher real well. One day the Lord's going to call me home. One day the Lord's going to call me home. And you need to see what's going on. And I said, one day if the Lord calls me home, Tucker, I pray the Lord will send you right in here to this same locker room to preach to these boys and tell them about hey, Jesus. Man. Listen, if I don't praise Him, Who's going to? If I don't testify, who's going to? If I don't take that 10-year-old preacher with me, who's going to? This generation, you and I, we have a great responsibility to the next generation. We must make it clear. It cannot be foggy. It cannot be hard to understand. We must declare His mighty acts. His mighty power, His mighty strength, and His mighty victory. Are you with me? Listen close. The world as we know it, and I'm about finished. The world as we know it, it started out pure in creation. Do you agree with that? The world as we know it started pure in creation. But now the world as we know it is polluted by sin. And the world that we know it is more wealthy, more knowledgeable, than any time in history. You with me? But here close. This world is fastly moving towards judgment. This world is fastly moving towards judgment. This generation of young people that's under this tent... They're going to learn a lot on their TVs. They're going to learn a lot on the internet. And they're going to learn so much on their phones. But they will not learn to praise God. And they will not learn to worship Him the way He's supposed to be worshipped. As long as you and I sit in services, dead. With no Spirit of God moving in our hearts. You know what they're going to learn? They're going to learn exactly what they see. And they are going to learn exactly what they hear. It's exactly what they're going to learn. I don't think the Lord sent this message this morning to try to get us to be fake. I don't. I don't believe the Lord sent this message this morning to try to get something stirred up. I believe the Lord sent this message this morning so that just maybe one of God's children will say, You know what, God? I will. I will. I will. I'll preach. I'll sing. If you want me to, I'll testify. I will, God. I will. This thing is serious. It's as serious as it gets. Things that are going on in the world, they're alive and they're wide open. What a shame it would be if every time we come together as a church, we're sad and dead. Sad and dead. God's been good to us. 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 You've been coming long enough, you already know it. You ready? Let me ask you something. I'm being serious as I know how to be. Do you believe what you just said? I mean, really. You really believe God's been good? Yeah. 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 First Peter two nine. Miss Gina. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation of peculiar people. That ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. That ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. At one time, we was not a people. But now, Brother Rue, we are the people of God. At one time, you and I had not obtained mercy. But now, we have obtained mercy. God has been good to us. Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good good taste and see that the Lord is good because the Lord is good under this gospel tent there's two different people there's people under this gospel tent that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior not religion but relationships There's people under this tent that Jesus Christ is your Savior. You've asked Him to forgive you of your sins, come into your life and be your Savior and Lord. And then there's people under this tent who has no relationship with Jesus. You might have a little bit of religion. You might have prayed a prayer. You might have rubbed some beads. You might have confessed to a man. But you have never confessed to a thrice holy God. You do not have a relationship with Jesus. Don't ever leave a service and say, I got religion. You need to leave a service and say, I have a relationship with Jesus. It's two different people those who have the relationship and those who do not. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus, I wouldn't care about the chips. I'd come fall on my knees and ask Jesus to be your Savior and Lord. And then I'll ask you to those who do have that relationship. Are you willing to say I will? I will. I will do, God, what you would have me to do. I will do what you will have me to do, Lord. For the next generation. That they will see that God is good and God is real. Are you willing? Are you willing?